Welcome, sports fans, to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Myatt Fuels, Schmoltz's Sandwich Shop, VersaLive Southwest Time Manufacturing, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. Oh, it is Matt Mosley, day five of the Mosley vacation. We uh, are in Florida, and uh, Aaron, you'll be glad to know I've uh, located a different vantage point today. Was overlooking the beach for several days. Now I'm, uh, I have uh, retreated to a, uh, a world famous seaside amphitheater area where uh, I don't know if this is a great move because this is where tons of little kids end up. So at some point, if you hear screaming or crying babies or something like that, I'll probably have to move. But um, for anybody from the uh, Waco area that has made the trip, <clears throat> to seaside they will know exactly what i'm talking about and in fact um aaron the um i i happened to walk by a house today of a family from waco uh the mccourt the mccourt family from waco texas and uh it was uh yeah, good to, good to see some, some good folks from uh, Central Texas right here in Seaside, Florida, which is uh, uh, close to Destin, about 15 miles down the road from Destin and uh, in about an hour or so away from Pensacola. So the Florida panhandle is uh, is where the show is uh, coming from. Uh, we got a lot lined up for you. Chilling with Quillen returns. Um, Curtis Quillen took a couple of weeks off to get married. We allowed that. Uh, even you know, despite the enormous money we pay him to make these appearances, uh, we let him go and get married. He's a married man now. I don't know if he's behaving differently, better, whatever. We'll, we'll check in with Curtis. And a lot has happened since Curtis got married. Baylor has a new baseball coach. Um, Baylor's been on a huge recruiting run. We've been talking to you about that. Aaron will have more on that today in Campus Confidential, which happens at 4.40 every day. Uh, we've got a real fun uh, interview lined up for you uh, today in the 5 o'clock hour, and then we'll get to some Rangers baseball, uh, kind of lead into uh, the Rangers as they get ready to go tonight. Uh, last I checked, Aaron, I can't say that I've been following them closely on vacation. I did see a 2-1 loss that they had. Now, that was been a couple of days ago. But the Rangers will get going this evening, and, uh, and we'll kind of see how things are going with them. Uh, Aaron, the um, to everybody, uh, huge uh, last 24 hours in NBA free agency. A lot of the talk has been around Kevin Durant's decision to um, – uh, to ask for a trade from Brooklyn, uh, likely he and Kyrie Irving will be traded. Aaron, it's it's funny when you know a player's they're going to get rid of a player. A lot of times in the NFL, you don't get that much for a player. I mean, I think back to Amari Cooper. Now, of course, <laughs> famously uh, for a quarterback, 
uh, Cleveland gave up a huge amount and uh, and then and gave him uh, Deshaun Watson a huge contract. That's also news that's happened because as of Tuesday, um, that uh, the, the Deshaun Watson hearing took place, and now there's talk that. According to the, you know, what the NFL has rules with its arbitration, that the, uh, the the punishment might not be quite as much as we previously thought, based on the direction this uh, former judge has been given. So I think that'll be a, a fascinating thing to watch. Now, NBA free agency. Just about 15 minutes ago. Uh, some enormous news coming uh, coming down the line. We wondered about Royce O'Neal and the former Baylor player being traded yesterday. What did that mean? What were they doing? What was Utah doing? Utah was getting set to make an enormous deal. Danny Ainge, who used to run the um, Celtics, now is is kind of running the operations for Utah. Utah has now, within the past 15, 20 minutes, traded uh, the three-time defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is 30 years old, and they have uh, swung an enormous trade to the Timberwolves. And this, basically, this trade is to retool everything around uh, Donovan Mitchell, their superstar. They had two superstars, if you count Gobert. And the two superstars did not get along. Now they're hoping to make Donovan Mitchell happy and sort of retool in the uh, in the interim. I know, Aaron, you have some theories, but let's first kind of tell people. I'll give them the general parameters. <laughs> Rudy Gobert brought back a ton of first-round picks. I mean, this is almost an embarrassment of riches that, uh, uh, you know, I think it amounts to as many as six first-round picks. And then, of course, there are several players that will be going over to the Jazz in the deal. Um, the only one that, uh, you know, Malik Beasley's a guy I've known for a while, Jared Vanderbilt. None of these players are especially great. Uh, but this Tim Connolly, Aaron, is the guy who came over for the Nuggets, from the Nuggets. And his first big deal with the Timberwolves is to go back and get a guy that many, many years ago he took. Uh, they drafted Rudy Gobert uh, back in the day, the Frenchman. And, of course, he's come. he's gone on to become one of the most decorated uh, NBA defensive players really of the past 20, 25 years. Rudy Gobert going to the Timberwolves from Utah. Aaron, how many, how many first-round picks did it end up being? Uh, four, three unprotected, which is a huge deal, obviously. Uh, 2023, 2025, and 2027 unprotected first-round picks and a top-five protected pick in 2029. That makes six total that the, that the Jazz have acquired in the last 24 hours, six first-round picks. So they have been very, very busy. And if you're a San Antonio Spurs fan, I would, if I was, I would be livid for what they got for DeJounte Murray because it, the, I, I would much rather have DeJounte Murray than Rudy Gobert in a vacuum, and they got a much better deal than the Spurs did. Murray's younger, yeah, and he's almost averaged a triple-double last year. It's just 
But uh, give give Danny H credit. He is if he's not the best GM in the NBA, he is right up there because this is an incredible deal for them. Well, and and what it allows them to do is unlike the, the Nets, where all the superstars are wanting out of town. Hopefully, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, what they're what they're hoping is that with all these picks that they have coming up, and again, if you think about what the Celtics did, and then you know winning that title with Rondo and, and Paul Pierce and Garnett and all those players at one point, um, you know, a, a, pretty much everything that's happened at Boston. Uh, over the last several years, you know, Danny Ainge had a lot to do with it. He came out of so-called retirement, uh, has gone into this position with the Utah Jazz. Uh, Danny played at Brigham Young and is a Mormon, and, and that's just a part of the country that he loves. And I, I'm just I'm fascinated to see what happens now. Um, what Because people think, well, gosh, they won't see any of these picks until like 2025 or 27, as Aaron was just talking about. But the truth of the matter is, those are assets. And now, if you need to load up and and go get another superstar, you have so many assets that, that you'll be in position. Like, for instance, the Mavericks never have assets. They're all gone. I mean, even, uh, you know, this year they had a... A first-round pick that they obviously uh, uh, traded to get Christian Wood, the number 26 overall pick. Now, interestingly, Aaron, in that trade, the Jazz get back that huge seven-footer from uh, Auburn, Walker Kessler, who used to be at North Carolina. Uh, so th- there's a couple of interesting young folks that they get back in return I, I i just find i find the whole thing fascinating because all these people have so much history together i'm talking about the new guy with the timberwolves conley ainge and and just the back and forth nature of this they all know these each other's organizations intimately i think the timberwolves feel good about the situation they have because carl anthony towns uh, can just purely be, you know, the power forward. Uh, Gobert plays next to him at the five, blocks everything. Anthony Edwards. Uh, now, Patrick Beverly was in this trade as well. He goes back over to Utah. Those are expiring contracts. I mean, some of those people they could buy out. Like, I don't know if, for, if they're desperate to have Patrick Beverly. I mean, he's an irritant. He gets under people's nerves. I, I guess some franchises like him. Some people hate him. Um this is this is really a fascinating thing that has happened in the NBA. Aaron, on a much lesser note, I did I loved uh, the Nuggets did a deal in the last 24 hours that I don't think a lot of people are going to notice, but they brought in a, a player named Bruce Brown from the Nets. He, he averaged 14 points and shot 43% from three in that playoff series. They lost to the Celtics. Uh, he's 6'4", uh, tremendous defender, uh, you know, averages around two, uh, two uh, at least a steal a game. I thought it may be closer to two steals a game and is just a really nice two-way player who this past season shot 40% from three. I think those are the kind of like 
glue guys that you know that are that are nice to bring in. Now, Aaron, can I interest you in the Mavericks? who've gotten started by losing Jalen Brunson. The Mavericks did get JaVel McGee, 34-year-old center, and uh, on a three-year, $20 million deal. And for our basketball nuts, they know McGee used to be with the Mavericks, did not, you know, kind of had a, a run with them, has been banged up some, but had a is coming off one of his best seasons ever as a backup. And he keeps getting, you know, titles, whether it be with the Warriors, whether it be with LeBron and the Lakers. How much of a role does he play in these titles? Uh, that could be up for debate. Um, you know, the, the Mavericks, I think, were tired of maybe not getting enough from Dwight Powell. This will be kind of a rim-running, big seven-foot center, and we'll see if he and Christian Wood can play next to each other because I think we kind of thought – Christian Wood had been brought into play center at 6'10". Now they have JaVel McGee and Christian Wood. Mavericks also today um, re-signing Theo Pinson. He's basically a glorified cheerleader. Uh, he was the guy that they kept getting fined for uh, the bench being too loud and too aggressive. And uh, I don't, I mean, I guess he can help you in a pinch, but he's really nothing more than kind of a locker room cheerleader kind of fun guy to have and uh, I don't think that does much for most Mavericks fans Aaron did the JaVale McGee deal do anything for you I mean it's he's a nice player he helps it's not a huge signing but it fills a need you know he's going to average about 10 points and 6 or 7 rebounds and he can block some shots and he gives you some interior defense which they don't have uh, even with Christian Woods. Christian Woods is a good rebounder, but he's just not great defensively. So, I mean, he'll give you some good minutes off the bench and some defense that you don't have. I think it's pretty good value for, for the for the mid-level. Yeah. They'll, I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, they, they, um, I think this Brunson thing is uh, – kind of an embarrassment a, a homegrown player that they had to feel great about um, I was making a point to some of my buddies today uh, Ted Mark uh, Ronnie and Daniel we, we tweet a lot about Maverick stuff and I was bringing up the fact Aaron that you could kind of blame the Jalen Brunson thing on Jason Kidd and you go why is that well because uh, he left Luca in that game too long. Luca gets hurt. Brunson goes for 40 in one of those playoff games, blows up. His asking price goes way, way up. And then he's, you know, the, the Knicks start moving things around to land him. So, in some ways, my theory is that Kid played some role in this. And it's kind of halfway kidding. But halfway serious, I mean, that that uh, it was a great moment for, for the Mavericks and Jalen Brunson that in those couple of games without Luka, um, gosh, was that the first three games of that Utah series or just the first two games? Um, in, in, in that series, Aaron, he was uh, – Brunson kept him in there and then, uh, and then obviously they were able to hold the fort until Luka – 
got back in there. And then Luca or uh, J- Jalen ends up getting huge money from uh, the Knicks. I think everybody loses here. I, 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 Jalen doesn't lose in, in terms of he's going to get enormous guaranteed money. And, uh, and, and we're talking about generational wealth. Of uh, of the, of that insane deal that he got off for what 110 million dollars or whatever it is. Um, also, Aaron, the biggest contract in NBA history, uh, Jokic landed, and I think that one came in at either was it 270 million, something something just un- unreal. Uh, and it's the it's the biggest contract in uh, NBA history, and Nikola Jokic, back to back MVP, landed that one. All right, we uh, we are going to do something kind of fun. We're going to touch base with uh, our pal and a, a newlywed. Uh, it is chilling with Quillen, Curtis Quillen, sports director at Channel Six, joins us next. Recently on Game Time. And we're joined now by the head football coach and athletic director at Lorena High School, Coach Ray Biles. You know, this Lone Star Cup that's coming down from the UIL, it's awesome. I mean, winning the state championship in football was unbelievable, but to be able to across the board and, and everything from band and cheer and one-act play and, and everything else academically and then all the way through all your sports to be able to say you're the number one school in the state of Texas, that's an awesome feat. Game Time, weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Make your vehicle look and run like new again at CNC Collision Center. They're your locally owned and operated location for paint and body repairs, frame straightening, spray and bed liners, and wheel alignments. CNC Collision Center offers free estimates, and they'll also come to you for car pickup and delivery. Have your car restored to its original beauty. CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville, at cccollisioncenter.com and on Facebook. In the market for a quality metal building? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe have helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal building design, panel options, building components, and trim options. Pioneer Steel and Pipe's residential line is energy efficient, offers low maintenance, reduces insurance payments, is impact resistant, and carries up to a 45-year limited warranty. In addition, they can help you find metal building contractors for your project. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan and at pioneerboys.com. Looking for a great job with great pay and awesome benefits? Genco FCU is hiring. As a longtime Waco employer, Genco focuses on what matters most in our employees' lives, like pay incentives, bonuses, benefits, 401k plans, paid time off, advancement opportunities, medical, prescription, dental, and vision insurance, as well as short and long-term disability. Come join our incredible team today and make Genco your career that will work for you. Apply at GencoFCU.org or at any branch location. Matt Mosley, weekdays at 4 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. And a lot of people, when they come in, they'll say, I'm usually much more active, but since I've been in pain, I've had to limit the activities I'm doing. You're listening to Janelle, an art support specialist at the Good Feet Store. The next step is getting them in the right arch supports. After walking around with the arch supports, they'll feel much freer and lighter. Our goal is to have that long-term change for them to make sure that they're continuing to notice a difference in their life. Try them for yourself with a free fitting at the Good Feet Store. Good Feet Waco in Central Texas Marketplace across from Lazy Boy. 
This is Scott Davis, owner of Universal Windows. With inflation driving material costs through the roof and interest rates rising, don't put off replacing those old inefficient windows. Take advantage of our 0% interest for up to six years. Save the equity in your home. Save your cash. Call today, 254-301-7760, and you too will be saved. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Lynch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. USC and UCLA, the two Pac-12 flagship programs, were notified last night that their application to join the Big Ten has been accepted. The schools will begin play in the conference in 2024. Kevin Durant has requested a trade from the New York Nets. Deshaun Watson's hearing with the NFL has come to an end. No timetable set for the results. Robert Griffin III leads the new class, the 2022 Baylor Hall of Fame. It's Bobby Bonilla Day, and the Mets cut a check for $1.19 million. That will continue until 2035. Astros beat the Yankees last night 2-1. They'll start their weekend series with the Angels tonight, 7-10 first pitch. The Rangers continue a long road trip as they start a series with the Mets tonight, 6-10 first pitch, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Now time for Chillin' with Quillin on ESPN Central Texas. Oh, man, who has his own audio? Uh, he deserves it. And uh, one of America's most recent uh, newlyweds, Curtis Quillen, returns to the Matt Mosley show. Uh, we have missed him. We have uh, had moments where we've wanted to reach out to him. We've resisted and wanted to respect the man's uh, honeymoon. Uh, his honeymoon ended, uh, although the honeymoon phase continues. But he did have to come back to work this past Monday, I'm told. We'll hopefully get a long weekend here. Curtis Quillen uh, returns to the Matt Mosley Show. Curtis, welcome back, and uh, congratulations, best wishes. Very, very exciting times for, for the Quillen family. I appreciate it. It really is. It really is. You know, we honeymooned in the Dominican, and it made it really tough to come back to Texas. What a beautiful honeymoon it was. But, you know, now married life begins, and that adventure uh, becomes one. Well, the Dominican, uh, I've been there, and if I thought hard enough, I could maybe come up with a resort, and I, it may, may have been kind of in the uh, proximity of where you were hanging out, but uh, very excited for you, and uh, that's uh, that's a fun time. And I, I was able to kind of, uh, in a way, uh, I felt like I was at the wedding because of some of Matt Lively's uh, tweets from the uh, from the wedding itself. And so I don't I don't know if you wanted him documenting that, uh, but uh, I, I felt like I was able to kind of follow things. Now, you know, sports has to go on even when you take a break. Uh, to get right. married and um, and sure enough I mean right as your it might have been the day you were getting married on that Friday news comes down I, I, was that the was that the was that when uh, our man was out or was that when the Baylor uh, hired a new coach I, I must have been when they when they decided on Mitch Thompson now I just kind of want to get your uh, your your initial take when you heard it i mean i think we all thought that would be great and what how how cool a story it would be after covering him at mcc especially for all the local media 
I, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to happen. And lo and behold, it actually happens. Were, what was your immediate reaction to it? Um, my so that came down my first day off for my wedding and honeymoon. Like I was, I saw yeah. the news as I was driving to drop off welcome bags at our hotel block, and you know my first reaction to it was super happy for Mitch. Uh, you look at his resume, and the guy has earned an opportunity like this. He worked hard for it. I know he was in the running for a couple of other smaller jobs. Um, my more compelling takeaway from that than that was just that uh, this, to me, shows that a little bit more open-mindedness from Mac Rose. And what I, I don't mean that as a dig at Mac um, at all. And so I hope nobody takes it that way. What I mean by that is, in the three coaching hires we've seen Mac, the three head coaching hires we've seen Mac make. Previous to this in football and basketball, it's always been either the up-and-coming head coach moving up or the young hottest. Matt Rule, Nikki Collin are the up-and-coming young head coach. And if we try to say that, you know, college doesn't provide a little bit better of a lifestyle, I mean, a little bit better um, opportunity, I mean, women's college basketball, to me, it has a bigger audience than women's professional basketball. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I'm open to that. And so, you know, Matt Wool and Nikki Collin, they check off that, that young head coach looking to move up. Dave Aranda is the young, hot assistant, right? Uh, he's the defensive coordinator yeah. who just won a national championship. He's the guy that is not coming back to LSU as a coordinator. He's going to be a head coach somewhere. You've got to get it on the ground floor. And he did. Okay. And then, you know, he's moved up uh, as yeah. an assistant in some other smaller sports. But to me, this showed a, okay, th this showed more of a what is truly best here. No matter, I don't care what anyone else thinks. This showed um, that Mac is, and I'm not accusing him of doing that in the past. He, he, he yeah. Mac operates on, on his own accord. But I think this shows that, you know, it's not national media influences that are making hires at Baylor. I think this kind of proves that it is Mac Rose's program and that he is able to block everything out whenever a hire needs to be made and do what he needs to do and go get the, the coach that fits the best. Uh, Mitch is very familiar with the Big 12. Obviously, the Big 12 is going to be changing soon. Um, and I think that it's a, a hire that speaks to, hey, we can we understand it didn't work with Mitch before, but everything has changed. He was an assistant then. The head coaching has changed since then. The athletic director position has changed since then. University leadership as a whole, the climate of the Big 12, the way college athletics works, all of it has changed since then. But the guy has won down the street. And he's won a lot down the street. If we give him 20 and 21 and 22-year-olds instead of just 18 and 19-year-olds, we think he can win more over here. Well, I I tell you, I was surprised. But it's been fun to be a part of it and to have some memories. And, and while you were on your honeymoon uh, and all that was happening, I had Steve Smith, the old Baylor coach, on, and I just think there's some major healing that has taken place. And, you know, Mac obviously wasn't part of the regime uh, that, that oversaw all that. But to your point, I think Mac listened to a lot of people that 
were part of that time and remembered what made that great. And um, and I think that was uh, I think that was a really important thing. Now, I, I thought Curtis uh, Curtis Quillen, uh, sports director, Channel Six, joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. I thought we would talk about the new Big Twelve commissioner and you know Brett Yormark, okay. interesting guy, but. Something happened yesterday, and by the way, I'm on a beach vacation as we speak, uh, but I am doing a, one hour of live radio a day, followed by some some uh, some great interviews we've done from the past. Um, I, I I thought we'd be, you know, I thought that, that was a big enough story because that was an outside-the-box hire. But here in the last 24 hours, I mean, this thing, this realignment thing is amazing. Um, and, and USC and UCLA... I mean, it, it, it breaks, and then within hours, it's all official. It's not like, oh, you wait a few days, and then it becomes official. Within hours, right. everybody's made the announcement. The Big Ten signed off on all this. I mean, this was in the works. I mean, first of all, how amazing is it that they're able to get these things done? The same thing with, with OU in Texas to a certain extent. They got all these things done with no leaks until it was pretty much a done deal. And um, I, I guess your your overall feelings first on do you I mean is there part of you that thinks this is bad for college football that they're going to the Big Ten? Yes. And then second of all, what does the Big Twelve do here? It's like welcome to welcome to your new job, Mister Yormark. Now go out and bring some some new teams into the Big Twelve because those people in the Pac-12 are feeling like Baylor and Tech and everybody else, Oklahoma State, your alma mater, were when Texas and OU first announced they were leaving? I think, so let me start with uh, the latter, and then I'll go to your your question of whether I think this is bad for college football. But spoiler alert, the answer is yes, and I'll get into why. Um, I think if you're the Big 12, you have to go get a team. And I've seen some discussion on Twitter of, oh, well, the Big 12 thinking considering holds uh, standing pad at 12, and that's asinine to me. Um, but you can't. Not right now. These 12 will not compete with anybody else at 16. That's just fact. You know, the SEC's up to 16. The Big Ten's up to 16. Yes, the ACC's at 14, but let's be honest, Notre Dame's not going to... Notre Dame will not go into 2025 as an independent. That is my... I think that is a bold take that I would have. And so if you're the Big 12, it's either you or the Pac-12. One of you guys is dying. To me... And so if you're the Big 12, you have to go get some of the Pac-12. See if Colorado comes back. I bet you they would because this is not the Pac-12 that Colorado left the Big 12 for. Uh, you got to go get Utah because that puts two teams, maybe three if you count Colorado, in the mountain area, the mountain west area of the country, and it creates a little bit more geographic, you know, a little bit more of a geographic pod possibility you go into scheduling down the line but you probably need four to survive so at that point you go get colorado you go get utah are you going to go get oregon washington are you going to go get oregon and stanford are you going to go get the two arizona schools you have to figure out a plan and i understand that those plans do not happen overnight you mentioned it you this has clearly been in the works for months between the two la schools and the big 10 conference um but you have to figure out a plan. You have to figure it out relatively quickly. 
and you got to get the ball rolling on it. you got to get these teams committed because it's either you or the Pac-12 at this point. The Pac-12 is too, just like the Big 12, your two top forces are gone. How do you move on from here? The Big 12 handled the last realignment uh, battle as, as well as it possibly could have. And I will still have that debate of whether in a non-governance, so power conference is a governance status, but as, as in a skill level perspective in football, if it, whether the Big 12 is actually a power conference. I will have that discussion. I know it has the governance status, but the product on the field is what I talk about in that front. You can go and re-cement your status in that regard depending on what teams you poach from the now kind of reeling Pac-12 mm-hmm. conference. And so that's a big, big deal if I'm if I'm uh, the new Big 12 commissioner, Brett Yormark. Now, your question of do I think it is this? Do I think this is bad for college football? Absolutely, not just college football. College athletics as a whole. To me, Matt, the sports, the college sports world, is at its best when it is a regional game, when it is a regional thing. Obviously, you have non-conference matchups that take you across the country, but when your rival is 90 minutes away, right, and not a nine-hour flight, that to me is when the game is at its best. Why is it fun? Why is it fair that USC and UCLA volleyball players, USC and UCLA uh, softball, baseball players, have to fly to places where they will have zero support because there is no regionality to it. They don't have any rivalries. These games don't have any atmosphere. How is that fun? How is that what anybody in college sports signed up for? And keep in mind, those are sports that don't typically get private jets to go play these these games. You know, you talk with some of the SIDs at Baylor in those sports, and, you know, they're bussing up to Dallas to catch an American Airlines or a Southwest flight to Pittsburgh to go to Morgantown. Um, In fact, when I travel during football season this year, I'll be flying Southwest into Pittsburgh and driving into Morgantown to cover Baylor, West Virginia on a Thursday night. And that's one of the realities of it. And so how, how does that benefit anybody? Yes, the paychecks are going to be bigger coming from the Big Ten Network, coming from Fox, and from everybody involved in that, and the TV paychecks are going to be bigger, but is the product better? Is it really better for the school? Is it really better for the athletes? To me, this takes us, this proves the point that everybody's been trying to fight with college athletes, that they're actually employees. It's bad for the sport. It counter-argues the NCAA's point that they're not employees. And we one that you know many of us have come to realize over the past few years was kind of ludicrous anyway. It takes away from the rivalries. It, I don't see a positive to this other than a bigger check. But if you go win, if you go win the Pac-12, you get into the playoff, you win there, those checks still get bigger. And your path there is probably easier for those two schools than it is going to be out of the Big Ten Conference. I don't understand the move, truly. And I don't think anyone ever will who yeah. wasn't involved in, the, in those. Well, it's it's pure greed. It goes back to something you said earlier, and it proves the point that these TV networks run everything. And while we can mm-hmm. talk streaming and all these other different places, you know, Fox said, "Hey, 
you know, they, they we're going to, this next thing with the Big Ten's going to be a monster deal. And this only increases it. And just like Bob Bowlesby accused the ESPN of collusion, if you don't think Fox was right in the middle of all this, and by the way, when Fox got, when, when Big 12 got their new commissioner, who was one of the people first with the quotes, Fox was. Okay, they put Eric Shanks, the head of Fox. Um, so they're running everything. And um, in some ways, Curtis, it's been going on for quite a while now. But in right. other ways, it, it's, it's, you're right. The fabric of the reason we love all these things. I mean, I think about you. I mean, it's the same thing for Baylor and Tech uh, and TCU. I mean, TCU not as much because they're relatively new to the Big 12. But even going back to the SWC, of course, and Houston's now joining. I mean, those, those rivalries with Texas go back forever. I mean, they go back over a hundred years, and it's just in the in in just one moment, they're all dead. They're gone. OSU and OU. That's just that's just a, the bedlam. I mean, that's what people grow up on. That's what people love. That's a part of the passion of the sport. And in the end, they don't. These people don't care anything about that. How can we maximize? The money we bring in, and and again, that's why it's funny. We we go, we pull our hair out about NIL and all this other stuff, and then meanwhile, all these administrators are out doing these deals with no regard for like any of the, you know, there's no there's no brotherhood anymore, you know, like oh let's, you know, OU and Texas, OU and OSU, let's work together as longtime associates and comrades in, in the state. It doesn't even matter. Think about it. State legislature used right. to block stuff like this. They have no say anymore. Mm-hmm. These things are done before the state legislatures even have a clue what's going on. So anyway, I think you and I are on the same page with a lot of this. Curtis, it's good to have you back. Um, and, uh, boy, can't wait to... Uh, uh, in fact, I'm one of these chilling with Quillen. I'd like to kind of do a session where we kind of maybe uh, do a little Q and A with your your new bride. All right, let's. Uh, why don't you why don't you see what she thinks about that? Uh, we may get her involved I'll in some her way. In on it. Yeah, yeah. Let her know what they, and tell her I'm a nice guy. Back, yeah, yeah. Great to have you. I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, man. Enjoy there your vacation, brother. You bet, you bet. Uh, as we wrap up a Florida vacation, Seaside, Florida, I've just had some uh, college young ladies decide to sit next to me here, and this never used to happen when I wanted it to happen. Uh, but uh, now that I'm on live radio, it certainly has happened. Um, all right, it is uh, Matt Mosley's show, uh, ESPN Central Texas, Campus Confidential is next. What a year for Baylor Athletics. Baylor will dribble out the clock. A dominant performance on the road in a hostile environment in Ames. 87 to 62, the final score. And as the clock hits zero, the Bears are the Big 12 champions in this 2021-2022 season. From the flagship station for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas. When you do whatever it takes to get the job done, they say you're on it. At ASCO Equipment, they work hard to get the job done and get it done right. 
They partnered with Doosan Forklifts because they get the job done too. Doosan builds cushion, electric, and pneumatic forklifts you buy and rent at ASCO Equipment. And they service and support it. Quality forklifts that get the job done. ASCO Equipment, they're on it, whatever it is. In my podcast, Your Money in a Cup of Joe, we talk money management, investments, and retirement in a Q&A style format, helping to break down complicated topics. I'm Joe Kaleo with the Kaleo Wealth Management Group. Look for Your Money in a Cup of Joe on our website or Spotify. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. A bank in any town USA treats everyone like well, anyone. At Central National Bank, we provide Central Texans with a different kind of banking. We believe in people over processes, listening over telling, and helping our customers over helping ourselves. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Flinging a green and gold worldwide on the web at CentexSportsFan.com. Since 1975, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop has been serving their one-of-a-kind sandwiches, soups, and salads to hungry Central Texans. They start early in the morning baking their homemade artisan bread. The sandwiches are oven-toasted, giving the bread a crunchy crust covering and a soft and dry, airy center. Ask for everyone's favorite, the Schmaltz. A combination of three cheeses, three meats, and all the fixins. They welcome phone-in orders at their town west or downtown locations. Waco Born and Bread, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop. I'd like to tell you a story of one of the largest forgotten groups in America. You might be sad or even a little shocked to learn that this precious group provided the muscle and the drive that kept America working. But now they sit forgotten in a dark garage or in the back of a driveway, sometimes even a yard or a field. I'm talking about the forgotten trucks, the ones we push to the side for something shiny and new. But now that new trucks are in short supply, that old truck yearns to add new chapters to its story, to feel alive with its steering wheel gripped in your hands. It cries out, I'm not old, I'm just getting started. And at Pickup Outfitters, we celebrate the classic, the future vintage, the retro trucks, whether that's a 2014 used truck or that 20-year-old you got from your dad. Put it back to work again, get it dressed up again, and let us help you do that at Pickup Outfitters. Hitches, bed covers, floor liners, spray and bed liners, we have it at Pickup Outfitters. 220 Lake Air Drive in Waco. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Watch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. USC and UCLA, the two Pac-12 flagship programs, were notified last night that their application to join the Big Ten has been accepted. The schools will begin play in the conference in 2024. Kevin Durant has requested a trade from the New York Nets. Deshaun Watson's hearing with the NFL has come to an end. No timetable set for the results. Robert Griffin III leads the new class, the 2022 Baylor Hall of Fame. It's Bobby Bonilla Day, and the Mets cut a check for $1.19 million. That will continue until 2035. Astros beat the Yankees last night 2-1. They'll start their weekend series with the Angels tonight, 7-10 first pitch. The Rangers continue a long road trip as they start a series with the Mets tonight, 6-10 first pitch, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas.
It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley. Hey, Matt Mosley, live from uh, Seaside, Florida, one of the greatest places on earth, sitting next to the world-famous amphitheater, where I think they're going to show uh, uh, Space Jam's 2 this evening, about 8 o'clock, let the sun go down and start a little movie here. I'm across from uh, the bookstore here, Sundog Books, love a good bookstore, and uh, I need a new book, in fact, I was looking at a Bob Odenkirk book, a reminder, about 5 o'clock, my recent, uh, our recent interview with Randy Galloway, my old uh, longtime co-host at uh, 103.3 FM and uh, uh, ESPN in Dallas, uh, and he just went into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, and we'll let you hear that at 5 o'clock, and then we'll let you hear from somebody that uh, knows all these Baylor commits, like uh, Keontae George, who's now on campus, and then uh, Jacoby Walter from McKinney High School, who uh, just uh, signed with the Bears. That'll happen at about 5.25 today. Aaron's been doing a great job of, uh, of conducting that five o'clock hour. Now, speaking of Aaron, Aaron, we've had a lot on our plate, and I know the Pac-12 has been out there with some new statements today. <laughs> um, every, it's uh, it's every man for himself at this point, uh, but it is time for Campus Confidential. Take it away, sir. And we will start with conference realignment news. Dennis Dodd reporting that Oregon and Washington have been told by the Big Ten that they are standing pat for now and waiting on a decision by Notre Dame. And I've seen this come up a lot in the last 24 hours, Matt, about how Oregon and Washington were going to reach out to the Big Ten. And my first thought was if the Big Ten wanted them, they would have taken them along with USC and UCLA. That's not to say that they will never want them. But if they wanted it to happen right now, it would have already happened. Obviously, you're going to reach out and try anyway, but it, it looked like a non-starter to begin with. And this report from Dennis Dodd pretty much confirms that. Well, you're right. I, I, I think because they're in some ways the – the next two, and I could make an argument that Oregon, uh, USC, and UCLA are obviously travel partners and longtime cohorts, and, and, and in some ways, it's uh, obviously they're closer than UT and OU are. But from a rivalry perspective, you could argue that they decided to kind of stay together. Oregon is a much better football program than UCLA. It's not even close. Washington's been pretty horrible lately. They actually were, were good uh, under the guy with the gleaming teeth, Chris Peterson. Uh, I th- This is all that, – that, I think you're right. I think if, if the Big Ten wanted those folks, they would have gone after them. And so any statement that acted like Washington and Oregon would go that direction – was just kind of a wishful thinking on their part. And so um, now I think, Aaron, it it all will kind of uh, – it, it, it'll all kind of wait on what Notre Dame wants to do. The truth of the matter is any of the conferences would love Notre Dame. There may be some um, – while the Big Ten, as far as – from a regional perspective would make a lot of sense for Notre Dame. Notre Dame in everything else but football has been playing uh, in the ACC. 
So I do think they would feel a little bit of loyalty to the ACC, but of course nobody has loyalty anymore in college athletics. Um, and it is uh, kind of an honor among thieves type approach. So I, I would say I, I, Curtis Quillen was on with this earlier, and he kind of seemed to think that by 2025, Notre Dame would be in the Big Ten or one of these conferences. I'm still not certain about that. Notre Dame loves being its own entity in football. And until, you know, if they think the only reason they would ever make a change is if they thought they didn't have a shot at the playoff, the college football playoff, as an independent. And the truth of the matter is they still have a decent shot each year. And that shot will get even bigger when the playoff expands after whenever that happens, 2026. So I... uh, I think I do not think Notre Dame is in a hurry to jump into the Big Ten or any of these other conferences. I wish what the Big 12 ought to do is instead of worrying about Oregon and all these people, um, I, if you could somehow make some great deal with Notre Dame, that would be enormous. I mean, that you talk about like setting the future. And, and, and finding stability, if you bring in an enormous brand like, like Notre Dame, that would be big. And so uh, let's get to work on that, Mr. Yormark. Meanwhile, the Pac-12 presidents and chancellors today authorized the conference to, quote, explore all expansion options following UCLA and USC leaving for the Big Ten yesterday. One source in the conference told ESPN, It's wide open as far as who the Pac-12 would consider inviting, but added the Big 12 and ACC are worth exploring, which, look, anything can happen, but I kind of found that a little amusing because what motivation, I I can't speak for the ACC. I think they're going to get rated to their best schools eventually, but what motivation would any Big 12 schools have to go to the Pac-12 now with their two anchor schools gone? And they're looking at negotiating a new TV contract with the biggest part of their footprint not in the conference anymore. Only if ESPN or Fox or whatever streaming company went to Big 12 school and said, you'll get way more money if you do it. That's the only way something like that would happen. Um, it, it doesn't, I mean, there's no, there's nobody that truly in the big, you know, 12 right now that fits in the Pac-12, um, you know, footprint. Um, West Virginia would, would be better like in the ACC or something like that, maybe, or, or even the Big Ten. Um, I mean, I, I, you could make that argument. But I don't. I don't. Uh, I, I think it's it is fascinating to think through, but I just don't see any reason a Baylor or Oklahoma State or Tech would go out that direction. Now, Tech, in some weird ways, Tech has a little bit more um, t- ties to that. 
um, to the Pac-12. Uh, if you go way, way, way back, Tech has ties to that conference to that conference from many, many years ago. I mean, I'm talking about like 70 or 80 years ago. I would think that of the things I've heard, the Big 12 would be most. Uh, I think you'd have to go to Oregon, Washington, and maybe even the Arizona schools and say, come with us. There are strength in numbers. We're adding a major talent base there in Cincinnati, a major brand in BYU, and then two, I mean, UCF is is a great area, and it's and it's been a really good program. Uh, and, and Orlando is not a bad uh, media market. So I, I, I think the Big 12 is – I think you could make the argument that the Big 12 and the, a, the ACC are on similar ground right now. Obviously, the Pac-12 is extremely weakened. SEC and the Big 10 are way above – the, any of the other conferences, okay? I just think, but if you're going to say, okay, who's third, who's fourth? I think probably you'd say ACC, and then the, and then the Big Twelve, and now the weakened uh, Pac-12. If I were the AAC, for instance, the American Athletic Conference, what I would do is try to blow up the Pac-12 right now, and just say, let's do a, either a merger, or y'all come on with us. In the, the reason the Pac-12 needs to stay is the same reason the Big 12 needed to stay, Aaron. It's because of, of kind of what Curtis was talking about, the governance aspect of you need to be considered a Power 5 conference so you have a bigger seat at the table. The Pac-12 can't afford to lose that status, and that's the reason they have to be in the acquisition business and do it in a hurry. And, and much like all these people the Big 12 brought in, I'm, I, I love it all. We're going to have fun with it. But there's nobody the Pac-12 could bring in that would make would get people excited. I mean, I, I'm sorry. Like San Diego State or Nevada or whoever just doesn't cut it. Uh, I mean, if they brought in Gonzaga in basketball, that would be kind of exciting. But it doesn't do anything for football because Gonzaga doesn't play football. Baylor, soft, Baylor softball added two transfers today, Amber Tovin and Presley Pallone. Tovin is a transfer from Arizona. She joins the Bears as a sophomore. She appeared in 47 games for the Wildcats last year. Most recently, she helped her team make it to the Women's College World Series and scored the first run for the Wildcats in Oklahoma City. She was the number eight recruit nationally coming out of high school. Uh, Sierra Canyon High School in Arizona. She was a three-time all-conference and all-city performer in high school in Marietta, California. The other transfer, Presley Pallone, is a transfer from LSU. She joins Baylor as a redshirt sophomore, attended LSU for two seasons, redshirted the 2021 season, and made nine appearances and four starts last year for LSU. You just okay. thought we were done with transfer news. <laughs> I, I like that, Aaron. I like some transfer news, and I like uh, anything that involves our buddy Hoot, Glenn, the whole uh, uh, Baylor softball uh, 
and uh, I, I'm uh, I'm on board with that. Um, Aaron, great job by you this week. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I want everybody to stay tuned. We had a couple of great interviews that uh, we're going to share with you. One is Randy Galloway. He and I did the show together for years in Dallas. He just went into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. His interview, uh, which a lot of you guys loved, and we got a lot of downloads. And, and by the way, thank you to Central National Bank. You guys continue to be amazing. UBO, uh, Sean Hunt won the big award for, uh, for he got the uh, uh, Schmaltz's trivia question. Our sponsors are amazing. Again, that's ubeo.com. I just continue to be amazed at how many sponsors we have and how much support we have on uh, what has become, honestly, include Austin in this too, the most listened to uh, afternoon show really in anywhere in the Hill Country in Central Texas. We appreciate all of you. Um, All right, stay tuned for Randy Galloway. That's next. Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast at SyntechSportsFan.com. Have you ever been stranded on the side of the road? The next time it happens, call Big Boys Record Service to get you and your ride where you need to be. You can count on Big Boys Record Service to help you with roadside assistance, such as when your vehicle won't start, you need a tire change, you locked yourself out of your vehicle, or you're stuck in the mud. Remember, Big Boys Record Service can help with heavy hauls as well. No job too big or too small, they do it all. In business since 1983, Big Boys Record Service. Call 254-662-3031. And remember, slow down or move over. Calling all my local ladies. This is Tori down at Harley-Davidson of Waco. Our season is in full swing, and we are looking for new rock stars in all departments. If you're tired of your everyday run-of-the-mill gig and long for something greater with good, solid income, then hightail yourselves down here ASAP. Bring your spunk and enthusiasm. Do yourselves a favor and join our rowdy bunch today. Come see us at 4201 South Jack Colchin Freeway, right off I-35 and New Road at Harley-Davidson of Waco, or you'll never ride alone. Make your vehicle look and run like new again at CNC Collision Center. They're your locally owned and operated location for paint and body repairs, frame straightening, spray and bed liners, and wheel alignments. CNC Collision Center offers free estimates, and they'll also come to you for car pickup and delivery. Have your car restored to its original beauty. CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville, at cccollisioncenter.com and on Facebook. Your first word in sports. Game time. Weekdays 7 to 9 on ESPN Central Texas. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? Nope, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. Hey guys, it's Jana with Advanced House Leveling and Foundation Repair. I brought my own sound effects. That's the door slamming every time I ask a woman out. (laughs) 
They don't shut the door in your face, though, when you want to give them a free estimate for foundation repair. No, they don't. They normally say something else. Well, they say, hi, Jimmy, come give me a free foundation inspection. And you get start by giving us a call at 254-235-4922. You tried, but that was dumb. Keep going. Jimmy.com. Yeah, that's me, fixitjimmy.com. Matter of fact, if I come to your door, slam it in my face, make me feel like I'm hanging out with Jana. <laughs> From the Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Myatt Fuels, Schmoltz's Sandwich Shop, Versalive Southwest Time Manufacturing, and UBO Business Services. And now, here's Matt Mosley. It is the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. And the 5 o'clock hour this week is the best of the Matt Mosley Show as Matt is on vacation in Florida. Today, we will hear Matt's conversation with Hall of Fame columnist and radio broadcaster Randy Galloway. Randy and Matt worked together and had co-hosted a show in the DFW area for many years, and they've known each other for decades. And Matt talked to Randy prior to his induction into the media wing of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. Here is Matt Mosley talking to Randy Galloway on the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Well, our next guest, he's, uh, I think he's going to have a tie on. He's probably already picked out a suit. Uh, he's going to have a lot of folks there to, uh, to welcome him into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame uh, in Waco, Texas. Randy Galloway joining us now. And, Randy, it's, um, it's finally here. I mean, I think you were perhaps voted in two or three years ago. And, uh, yeah. and, and you know, this thing had to be deferred because of uh, the pandemic. And, and uh, it's, the ceremony, I believe, is finally going to happen. Are you, uh, are you prepared? And uh, how is your speech coming along? Well, uh, I really haven't. Well, I can't say I haven't worked on a speech. You need to thank a few people, and uh, uh, I've done that. But probably just uh, kind of roll off the top of your head would be the main thing. I worry about. Uh, I, th- I think I own two suits to my name: one black, one gray, uh, and the one that I wear, Matt, will be the one that uh, fits because these suits were bought many years ago. <laughs> they're not. They're not modern. <laughs> I hope, uh, obviously, I don't wear them very much, but I hope one will uh, one will fit. I was uh, a bit thinner back uh, in the day when I bought the suits. But it's, hey, this is, if you spend all your life in, uh, you know, writing sports, uh, and a big part of it, doing sports talk radio, 50 years as a sports writer, and 29 on sports talk radio, and you've done it all in Texas, all in this one market, and they say that you've been voted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. I mean, that is the ultimate of the ultimate. I am highly honored uh, that who I don't even know who does the voting, what committee, but uh, I'm highly honored that uh, that my name was chosen for that. And a little bit, you realize that first media class, Matt had the 
Blackie Sherrods and the Dan Jenkins. And, uh, yeah. So I guess I'm in this, me being in the same media room there at the Hall of Fame, uh, uh, with those uh, with those names, I'm I'm not I'm not up to that. I'm not up to that kind of honor. But uh, I'm just dang glad they somebody decided that I should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm proud of that, and I'm I'm honored by it. Uh, now, Randy, the Mickey Herskowitz apparently set the all-time record. Uh, I think he went in with that group you just mentioned. Yes, uh, he did. From the, I forgot at, to mention. And Mickey was a good friend, is a good friend, and uh, from going way back. And uh, and I forgot to mention Mickey. That's another name, yeah. But uh-huh, so but, you had Sherrod, Dan, Jenkins, and Mickey. But he set the yeah, record for what? 32 minutes he was at the mic. Yeah, oh. and I uh, – no. I, I now I, I could see our buddy Brad Sham, who's also joining you. Now Brad likes to, I mean, listen. All of us in our in this business have been accused of going on and on at times too much. Now, if I had to, if I had to place a bet on your class, who might go the longest? I think John McLean. I might put my money on John, who, by the way, is going on one of the the most amazing. Uh, goodbye tours I've ever seen. Now, when you retired, you just kind of disappeared for a while. Yeah. Uh, right. And and sure, John is yeah. throwing out a lot of pitches. He's he's throwing out a lot. He's going to a lot of things. And uh, uh, he and then John, as only John could, he he tweeted out that he would still be appearing on his more than twenty radio appearances a week during the NFL season. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love McLean. So you're saying, God, I hope nobody was 30 minutes. I plan to be, they said five tops, and I plan to try to hold it right at five, if not under. And uh, uh, But, yeah, if anybody's going to go over, and remember, as you well know, John is a Waco lad, so he's going to have a lot of family and old friends there. He might, uh, I, he, I don't think he'll top Mickey if Mickey actually went 32 minutes, but Sham's got a, you know, he's got a chance to do that <laughs> to go, to go heavy too. Now, when you think back, talking to Randy Galloway, going in the Texas sports hall of fame and, and, you know, Blackie share Dan Jenkins or everybody, we all have kind of our heroes of the business. When you were um, coming up at the uh, Dallas morning news and, and you covered those Rangers in the early days, but even before that, uh, some people don't know that you went down in that Port Arthur land and in, the, in the, oh, what do we yeah. call that? The Golden Triangle or uh, sure do. that part of the country. Like who who would you say was was kind of the earliest influence uh, as far as p- kind of pointing you in the right direction and, and really giving you some uh, some guidance in the area? Because I as I recall, I don't think your academic career, you, you weren't like <laughs> you weren't maybe as serious as you meant to be or your parents had hoped you would be in that world. Who really kind of took you under uh, his wing and, and pointed you in the right direction? Well, when you grew up like, you know, my age, and that's old, but when you grew up and you were interested in being a sports writer, your hero was automatically Blackie Sherman. I mean, I I don't think there's a kid 
that was coming along when I came along who didn't think Blackie was their hero still is today uh, for me. But, man, I, you know, I have to give full credit to Walter, the late, great Walter Robertson, longtime sports editor of the morning news. And uh, he let me uh, – he brought me in uh, just – start off cover Friday night football in, in like 1964, uh, 65 there. And uh, then at, at that time, wanted me to do stories during the week on football districts, then suggested uh, that I go to uh, the Port Arthur News. They were looking for a full-time sports writer. I'd never been one. I was like 21 years old. And uh, I didn't had to look on the map where Port Arthur was because uh, I'm, you know, from up here, from Grand Prairie. Went to Port Arthur, absolutely loved it, and uh, I got immediate uh, help. And I've had that throughout my career, frankly. Uh, people who've gone out of their way, but particularly early on, it was it was important. And uh, uh, guys like the Davilia brothers, John and Rush, and in Port Arthur, great newspaper people, small paper, 35,000 circulation, but these guys were really good. Uh, uh, just on and on people there in Port Arthur went out of Ed Holder, was the outdoor editor, one of the best in the country, even in a small paper. He went out of his way to help me. Those were very important. When you get back, then the morning news brought me back, Walt did a year later, and, you know, I walk into it. We had 12 people on the staff. It's amazing. That was the staff. But, uh, you know, Sam Blair, I always give Sam Blair credit because I thought I knew a lot more than I actually did. You find that amazing? I know. <laughs> but I was, dumber than, I was dumber than I thought. And uh, Sam Blair, when uh, Gene Wilson, another guy who uh, – Gene was the main high school writer I was – I was on him and uh, uh, covering. I covered all the county and the area. He covered the city schools in those days. But Gene went out of his way to introduce me to all the high school coaches. You know, just help like that. And I never forgot that. And I always wanted, you know, if I ever was in a position where I could help uh, writers, young sports writers, or veteran sports writers, I always wanted to do that. And I tried to do that. But, uh, you never forget the people that go out of their way to help you. Uh, not only as you're coming up, but heck, I could use the help, you know, 40, 45 years into the, into the job. And uh, there were always people there, and I appreciate that. Well, you know, I'm one of the young guys that you did help, um, and uh, that's that's why uh, I'll be there Saturday night, Texas Sports Hall of Fame. And uh, in fact, uh, Randy, we're, I was doing a giveaway earlier, or a little uh, uh, contest to see who uh, I, I'm giving away two free tickets to get to sit with me. Do you think that's a, like a, a something people would want to win? Or do you think I'm afraid we may not be able to fill those two seats, but I, 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 you know, I don't know. Waco is not that sleepy. Is it that somebody on a Saturday night would want to come to this thing and, uh, and, uh, and sit with you. But mm-hmm. I have, uh, uh, you know, I've got a, uh, Thank goodness. Of course, family will all be there and uh, grandkids. 
but, uh, you know, I've got a, a lot of friends and, uh, neighbors, friends, neighbors, uh, people coming, uh, and I, heck, uh, coach Buck, Tim Buchanan, Toledo high school, 10. I want to see if Jay black will just put him in with me. He goes right <laughs> in. Ten. Coach Buck, 10 state championships, uh, football championships, the most in the history of Texas high school football. So I think Buck's already working on the speech. <laughs> yeah. Yankee right up there. I'm I'm sure Jay would appreciate the help as you come in there recommending people and make nominations. Right. Now, my table, we may all just pull right over and, and join you guys over there. This is gonna be this is gonna be interesting. Now Werder will probably who's apparently presenting you will could end up taking this whole thing over and he will there is no one who will show up that will take this more seriously than Ed Werder. I promise you there're gonna be a lot of notes and there's going to be – he's going to hit, try to hit all the right notes, and he will be presenting you. But uh, Ed was a young writer covering the Cowboys. Now, remind our people, wow. you, you, yeah, when, you got into, when you got into town to cover the Cowboys in those days, though, didn't – wasn't that part of the requirement? Whoever the, the young beat writer was covering the Cowboys would have to come pick you up in like a Lincoln Town car? What was the what, – what were the rules on that? Well, when you're on the road, I always uh, rented a Lincoln Town car to kind of tune around <laughs> in them. Big four-door things that Hertz had. Loved those things. We called them the Pimp Mobile. And I'd always have one. So we were traveling, but there were times when I would like to have a cocktail. So I would ask uh, one of the beat writers or whoever other, of course, you know, in those days of morning news, we'd send 10 to 12 on the road with the Cowboys every week, and I'd ask somebody to drive. So because you don't want to have a few cocktails and be driving, and somebody else would be driving the Pimpmobile, and they call that driving Mr. Randy, which after the show, which was named after what the movie Driving Miss Daisy or whatever that movie was that was out at the time. No, I never, nobody had to pick me up in that. Now, I did request more than once out there in the cities of the United States uh, that we do have a, uh, we do have a uh, driver who will not be drinking for the evening, which is, a, you know, a good thing. Boy, you were ahead of your time. You were ahead of your time in that area. I do recall one. <laughs> I do recall one time finding a container, and I won't give the whole story, but I decided it would be good to empty that container, and then you you, you discovered that I had I had poured it out, and you were not pleased with me. And no, I, no, I, I remember that. It's a, I think there's somebody still had a recording of that, and uh, you were very upset. Now, in your in your sports writing days, I, I've been watching this Winning Time, this HBO show, and they make Jerry yeah. West look horrible. But you went out. Oh, you used yeah. to go to those finals, and you would go out yeah. to the fabulous forum. Did you ever? I, I I I was thinking about you the other day. I was wondering, did you ever get to visit with Doctor Jerry Buss, the uh, the Lakers owner? Did y'all ever cross paths? Because this this um, the way he's portrayed, at least this. This was one of the great characters in, in NBA history. Well, it, it, and I never had a conversation. My, my greatest moment, it, it happened at Reunion, 
85 at Mavericks and Lakers playoffs. Just a hell of a series. And that was the Showtime Lakers. And it was so loud. There's Dr. Buss, all that hair. This guy that I didn't even watch this. I've just flipped by and watched a minute of it. Because it really pisses me off. Jerry West was a class guy. Did talk to him quite a bit. Got to know Pat Riley extremely well. And uh, that was a good thing if you were writing a column in Dallas. But uh, Dr. Buss, after the game, the Mavericks had won this game in the last seconds. Uh, Reunion Arena is still will still be the loudest place I've ever heard. Certainly locally, nothing can compare to it. But Dr. Buss walking out, he had his date with him. She was, God, I hope she was 18. Uh, you know, whatever <laughs> in this state, you need to be 18. Had his uh, young date with him, and they're walking out, and both of them had their fingers in their ears. Their ears were hurting. And I thought that, I said, that's a funny moment right there, <laughs> Dr. Buss. Because the, the, the forum could be, it could get crazy. And it could get loud, but the, when Reunion was popping, and I, you know, downtown Dallas now, at and I know that place gets loud, and I'll read there once in a while. And it may be because I'm not there, but I'll read somebody say it reached Reunion noise level. I, boy, I'd have to be there to judge it before I would believe that it did and because they were just different type of facilities. But that was my favorite moment with Dr. Buss. His 18-year-old, we hope, date, and uh, they—they're leaving, uh, departing the arena with their fingers in their ears because <laughs> the crowd was so loud. And of course, it was a huge disappointment because the Mavericks went ahead and lost the series. But uh, they made it interesting. Those were those were good times right there. And I, you know, the uh, I've read a lot about what that. I don't. And I like the guy who wrote that. Who wrote this thing, Matt? Did you, uh, was it who? Oh, Jeff Perlman. Jeff Perlman Jeff wrote the Perlman book that it's based on. Now they may have yeah, taken some liberties. They may have taken some liberties with have. it. Yeah. And I've known Perlman for a long time, and I, you know, I know him to be uh, just a really good writer. He's done cowboy stories. You know, he doesn't fool around. But man, you know, there was nothing. And I'll, again, I hadn't watched it overall, but I've read about what they're doing, to, what they've done to Jerry West in this thing, and that's just not. That's nobody ever said that. No Laker people, no Laker media, you know that West was some drunken buffoon. On the other hand, I always thought he was highly respected. Oh hell, he was. He was highly respected. So that's yeah. kind of interesting. But those were. Uh, <laughs> They, those were crazy days there. Good days. Yeah. And and I was talking to Randy Galloway, going to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. Now, Randy, was there one moment where Muhammad Ali hap, was in town? And did you – I'm trying to remember, you know, which – because those, those fights were so epic. And I didn't know yeah. – I'm trying to remember how much you uh, – I'm sure like a lot of people, you liked going to some of those fights – over the years, um, did didn't did you have an audience with Muhammad Ali one time? Yeah, a private. And people ask me, "What's the greatest moment in in the fifty years?" And I always bring this up as 
as number one on just the way it worked out. And I don't know, man, I, this had to be 69, 70. I don't know. And don't, you know, it was a, it was a fight on foreign soil. I don't know if it's thrilling or, or one of those, but, and, and I can't even remember who he, uh, uh, I can't even remember who the, which one was the opponent. But anyway, Ali had won. Well, Walter Robertson, I mentioned him earlier, the late great. He uh, said, Randy, uh, what are you doing Saturday? And I said, Not nothing. It was the middle of summer. Uh, we had, you know, we had no major league team. We had nothing going on. A minor league baseball was it. And he said, uh, Cassius Clay. And I said, Walt, you mean... Muhammad Ali. No, damn it, Cassius Clay. But Walt was kind of, Walt, Walt was a military guy. Walt yeah. World War Two, and uh, he still has a grudge on uh, Ali for, well, we don't need to get into that, but for everything that was going on. Uh-huh. And he said, anyway, he's coming to town. He's going to be at a church uh, over on what was then Forest Avenue. They call I think it's ML, MLK now. On Forest Avenue, and he'd be there at two o'clock. Well, uh, I said fine. So I uh, I was dressed actually kind of nice. Uh, I put on a sport coat with jeans, had on boots, and I'm driving an old '62 Falcon that I had years, the Blue Goose, and it, it needed an oil change, so it was smoking. But I kept pulling up in front of the church, and it was not a what we call a church. It was a mosque uh, there in South Dallas. And, uh, of course, we know Holly's religion. And standing on the front porch, was a regular house, were about four brothers, uh, very, you know, clean-shaven heads, short hair, in suits, black suits, black tie, white shirt, and uh, sunglasses. And they were staring out at this honky boy to come driving up in a 62 Falcon that was smoking. I get out, walk up to the door. They were extremely friendly. And they said, are you here for the press conference? I went, yes, I am. Thank you. They said, wait right here. Uh, uh, Several women came out. They had been preparing things inside. They brought me inside, whatever. Uh, service, you know, water, whatever you needed to drink. And uh, so they said, well, if you'll wait right over there, uh, you can talk to the champ. And I went, okay. And so then I'm there about five minutes. We had four TV stations in. We had uh, four newspapers. Times Herald, Morning News. I'm at the Morning News, of course. Star-Telegram, Fort Worth Press. Nobody showed up. I'm the only one there. Muhammad Ali's in town. And again, these were, you know, these were times that were, uh, uh, well, different times in America. And Ali was a, a very controversial figure at that time with everything that had gone on. So finally they said, uh, come up, uh, one of the ladies went, you can go in the room, uh, and uh, the champ would be right in. I went in, sat down, kind of in an off room there at the house. In walks Ali, sat down. We talked an hour. Nobody showed up. I was the only one there. And I'm going, wow, 
wow. And I, you know, I don't want to say it's a racist thing, but it, <laughs> there were some racial elements involved in that happening mm-hmm. that way. But the, uh, yeah, I guess you go ahead and say it was a racial thing. But I mean, I knew, but well, there were so many people at this, you know, Time Sheryl, the Star Telegram, they, I mean, they would have loved to have been there. I don't know if editors didn't tell them about it. Or what? TV guys. You know, nobody's there. Well, I go back, and uh, uh, John Barker, Jabbo, the desk man, main desk man, oh, one of my guys at the morning news, had been there forever, one of the guys who really helped me. He said, Randy, about, Walt said about 12 inches. I went, what? John, we don't have anything going on, and I, I think I can go 20, 25. He said, give me 18, I'll get it in. So I sat down and write it. I could have written forever. And I, I'm pretty proud of this story. And, of course, I'm, you know, young sports writer, I'm figuring, boy, that's going to be splashed across the top of the page, uh, the sports page. And I wake up the next morning, Sunday morning, paper's out. I get it not on the front page. It's back on, like, page six, not at the top of page six, but kind of at the bottom. And uh, again, this is 69, 68, 670. We had nothing going on. There was no Major League Baseball. Cowboys were a long way from starting. Uh, nothing was happening. So I go, oh, man. So I go in on Monday. I don't say anything, but Walt called me over. He went, uh, I want to apologize. And I said, about what? Of course, I knew. Mm-hmm. He said, that story should be on the front page. That was a great story. Uh, I said, well, not, it didn't mean necessarily the way it was written. That was a great story, but it was just Ali in town. Yeah. A lot of great quotes, you know. So anyway, that's my, uh, that, that's a long story, but that's my Muhammad Ali. But I'll never forget this. Nearly an hour, and this guy, I mean, he would jump up, go into, you know, Go into a shuffle. I hit him. I hit him. I gave him this. See, I showed him this fist. And he'd be showing the right hand out there, fist. Then I came here. Then he's he's coming with a left hand. I mean, it was it was everything. It was like those oh Howard uh, Howard Cosell interviews he used to do. You know, yeah. Except he'd get mad at Howard. He was very nice to me. Well, that's uh, people have asked that for years, and I tell them that's the highlight of uh, that's been the highlight. Well, it's um, I, I remember hearing that, and it was just fascinating to me. And then, of course, there's the uh, the fact you end up on the Rangers beat, and that was a huge part of your career. And and lo sure. and behold, there's Ted Williams. I mean, I, I still can't imagine what that was like. The, the splendid splinter, you know, you're you're. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just it, that's just a that's just an amazing thing. But uh, well, Randy, I could do this all day, uh, and um, I look forward to uh, to being there and seeing your family, and and uh, it'll be a it'll be a great gathering down there in Waco. And uh, just you know, if you would just kind of as you're up there, uh, it being honored and uh, drinking it all in, just give me a wink or a wave or something. That's all I really require in life. And uh, and it'll be it'll 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 be fun. But uh, congratulations to you. We're excited to uh, excited to participate in it. 
right. I thank you, Matt. And again, I'm just, I'm honored and I'm blessed uh, that, you know, I was chosen for this because as I said earlier, there's, if you do what I did for all those years, there's no bigger honor to be in the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. Thanks very much, man. Yes, I just don't hope you don't get overshadowed by McLean. All right, I'll see you soon. I'll see, I'll see you soon. Okay, all right, there he goes, Randy Galloway. ESPN Central Texas is your flagship station for Baylor Athletics. At UBO Business Services, we are brand agnostic. We support many different brands, but only the best products from each provider. Our analysts favor flexible systems that don't leave you locked into a one-brand technology solution. Being flexible allows your organization to stay nimble and take advantage of the latest emerging technologies. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. Mike Terry Auto Group is proud to serve Central Texas with the best deals on new and used cars, auto service, and community involvement. With over seven brands of vehicles, you're sure to find your new ride from Mike Terry Auto Group. Check out their Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram dealership in Hillsboro and the Chevy Buick GMC dealership in Mahia. At any Mike Terry dealership, they will pay over the price of Kelly Blue Book for your trade-in and accept all creditors. Check out their website at mterryautogroup.com to see the value of your trade-in and browse their inventory. Head over to Mike Terry Auto Dealership today and find someone you can trust. Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at CentexSportsFan.com. What do John Morris, Kirk Watson, Maxine Hart, Walter Abercrombie, Martha Lou Scott, Michael Hyatt, and Robert Darden all have in common? They've each been interviewed on Baylor Line's Direct Line Conversation Series. You can hear from these outstanding bears and many, many more with a subscription to Baylor Line Insider. This is your all-access pass to the best content in the Baylor family. Subscribe today at BaylorLine.com slash KRZI. It's barbecue and baseball season, and Coach's Smoke is offering the best double play in town. Turn two on Fridays with $5 burgers and barbecue sandwiches all day and happy hour from 2 to 7. With their 35 big screen TVs and daily specials, this is the place to watch your Texas Rangers. Put on your favorite player's jersey and head on over to Coach's at 330 Austin Avenue in downtown Waco. And don't forget about Coach's Smoke catering for your next event or party. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Lynch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. USC and UCLA, the two Pac-12 flagship programs, were notified last night that their application to join the Big Ten has been accepted. The schools will begin playing the conference in 2024. Kevin Durant has requested a trade from the New York Nets. Deshaun Watson's hearing with the NFL has come to an end. No timetable set for the results. Robert Griffin III leads the new class, the 2022 Baylor Hall of Fame. It's Bobby Bonilla Day, and the Mets cut a check for $1.19 million. That will continue until 2035. Astros beat the Yankees last night 2-1. They'll start their weekend series with the Angels tonight, 7-10 first pitch. The Rangers continue a long road trip as they start a series with the Mets tonight, 6-10 first pitch, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It's the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas, the best of the Matt Mosley Show as we wrap up the week with a conversation with ESPN National Director of College Basketball Recruiting, Paul 
Giancardi. He talks about a big-time commitment that Baylor basketball received recently and other college basketball news. Here is Matt Mosley and Paul Biancardi, the National Director of Recruiting for ESPN, here on the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Our next guest is very familiar with him and Kendall Brown. Uh, and uh, Paul Biancardi, who does such a great job covering preps and and uh, uh, these these unbelievable high school basketball players across the country, evaluating them, ranking them, and then breaking these stories when they pick uh, universities. Paul, it doesn't seem like, uh, first of all, welcome back. It doesn't seem that long ago we were talking about Kendall Brown and Baylor landing him from Sunrise Christian, and, and there was so much excitement about that. And, and it, it's it's got to be kind of neat for you to – turn around and, and see a lot of these guys go in the draft all, almost, uh, you know, a year or two after we talk. You know what, Matt, it really is. When you watch them in high school and you see their development, you see their struggles, you see their progress, then they move on to the collegiate level, and then you get a chance to watch them, you know, fulfill a dream that they had since high school. It's almost like you're sharing it with them uh, so it, it's exciting on my end, uh, and it's very satisfying to watch this. And, and I'm so happy for them and their families because I know the sacrifice and the work that they've put in. Do you remember the first time, Paul, that that Jeremy Sohan ended up on your uh, on your radar? Because uh, you know Jeremy, right out of the shoot, wasn't quite as high as some of the folks were about to be talking about, and even. Keontae George, who's already on the Baylor campus. But, uh, I mean, it, I, in a lot of ways, you can call this sort of a meteoric rise from a guy who, you know, you thought you just he did not seem like he was going to be one and done at Baylor. And, and all of a sudden, you know, by the end of that NCAA tournament, you started to see that arrow go. Um, is that, Paul, is that r- somewhat rare to see that, or is it fairly common to see somebody uh go on one of those runs like uh, Sohan did from from maybe not being as recognized as others to being uh obviously a number nine overall pick in the NBA draft yeah I mean it it's it's not common I, I think of Franz Wagner who was at Michigan I you know he came over here as a four-star prospect and Jeremy Sohan I had him as a four-star prospect that's where I graded him out uh, we don't rank international players because we can't see all of them. So if we can't mm-hmm. see them all, it's hard to rank them. Um, so we just, but we do grade them, and, and four stars means you're a high major prospect. So we always had the ability to do so, but the progress was expedited, you know, under Scott Drew and his staff. And what he did was he just continued to get better as the season went on, and. You know, with a lot of guys, Matt, or a lot of teams, you don't know when they're going to break out or move up to their next level of development. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it takes, you know, one year. Sometimes it takes, you know, half a season. Sometimes it's the second half of the um, league play where guys, you hear that expression, the light comes on. But once they get it and they have the ability, uh, and then you see the talent come to fruition – and with Jeremy Sohan, you could always see the high basketball IQ. I thought that was his strength. Um, you know, he's not a deep shooter, uh, but he's a guy who can and make the occasional shot. 
I liked his defensive versatility. There were times that he would switch out on the perimeter and keep the ball in front. And at his size at six, nine, that was impressive. And, um, you know, for him to be a lottery pick though, that that's rare from where he came from. But again, Franz Wagner, uh, did the same thing at Michigan. And, uh, you know, I got to know his game when he was at Michigan and I talked to their staff and same thing I did with, with Scott Drew and his staff. And, you know, he moved his feet, he played defense, he caught on to the game quickly and uh, he can impact the game without scoring. And I think that's his greatest value. I would watch another channel like if they put this on ESPNU, Paul, I, I would love to see you. And I know you do a lot of stuff and in, 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 uh, people ask you about the draft because you know these players so well. But I always find it interesting that and I don't want to get I don't want to get uh, try to lure you into any talk about ESPN. But it's always interesting sometimes some of the analysts just have not seen many of these kids, these guys. And you've seen them in some cases since they were 7th and 8th grade. I mean, that has to be, you know, and, and one of the ones um, that, that people have been watching since he was in junior high is this Jacobe Walter. And you had the story on this the other day from McKinney, Texas. Uh, and he's going to end up going to this prep school in Missouri. But that's great. That's another great win for Scott uh, Drew and his staff. I mean, uh, Paul, Jacoby Walter, did when was the first time, and I think you all have him as the 17th overall uh, player in the 2023 class. When did you, a guy like Jacoby get onto your radar? And, and like, what, what is the, like, what kind of strides have you seen this player take over the last couple of years? Well, the first thing is uh, the first time I actually saw him um, was at my basketball camp. I have a basketball camp that I do in the Southeast. And one year I decided to do it in Houston. And so I had Harrison Ingram, who you know went to Stanford from the Dallas yeah. area. And I, and I had Walter come to the camp. And uh, I have a really nice picture of him and I. You know, when he came to the camp, I knew who he was, but he wasn't back then what he is today as a player. So – so I had a chance to coach him and, 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 you know, talk to him and get to know him. And he's a fine young man, uh, really respectful, uh, diligent when it comes to off the court situations. And I think that's, you know, what Scott Drew and his staff were attracted to beside his scoring ability, long arms, can knock it down with range. You know, I love his pull-up game. I think that's pretty tight and strong because he gets in there with a one or two dribble and he's got length. Um, you know, he's still got to refine his skills, but he has a lot of natural talent. You know, he plays with, with good offensive confidence. And, you know, he's going to replace Keontae George, who's projected to be a one-and-done. And Scott Drew and his staff have done a, a, an excellent job at developing perimeter players. Um, obviously, we, we know what Scott and his staff have done just in terms of rebuilding the program, revitalizing the program, and then get it to a winning a stature and then a national championship. So uh, this is a big, big recruit because recruiting never stops and you're expected to continue to recruit well, especially when you win. Did you tweet that out, by the way, that old, uh, that picture with Jacoby, Jacoby, did you, uh, did you put that out there? I would love to, I would love to see that. That, that, uh, that really yeah, is a I, neat I deal. I put, it, I, I put it out there about a, a week or so ago. And uh, okay. yeah, it, it, it feels good. Like, 
guys come to your camp to learn and to grow, you know, and, and to get coached and to go through a, a hard four or five hour session. Um, and, and then you see them again on the circuit and it feels really good to know that you taught them the right things about the game and they were receptive to coaching. And, and at that time I get a chance to, you know, get a little mini evaluation. And, and so it all worked out and, um, yeah, he, he was a lot younger then and hopefully he'll remember me down the road. <laughs> Yeah, Paul Biancardi from ESPN. I think uh, he'll definitely remember you, and and uh, that's really neat, man. I I got it selfishly, Paul, uh, and I understand there's reasons for it. I I I hate seeing these guys leave. I want to watch him try to lead McKinney to another, you know, to state again. He led them to the the state final. I love watching these kids. I love going to the uh, the Texas uh, state tournament, and it, it's just gotten better and better over the years. Uh, it's where I saw Marcus Smart years ago. Uh, just incredible yeah. moments. But I understand they they end up. But in a case like this, what what do you think um, Jacoby can get out of going to this prep school? I believe it's Link uh, Prep is the one we're talking about in uh, maybe close to Branson, Missouri. Is it a year of just uh, focusing on basketball, getting to play against just uh, elite competition. Do do you do you buy into these guys? Keontae did the same thing. You know, he went off to IMG. Yeah. Like, how how much better can they get making this kind of decision? Going off to a prep school, even though, like in Jacoby's case, he's already decided where he's going to college. It's not like this is going to help him. You know, get more offers or anything like that. What's the biggest? What do you think's the biggest upside to him going to a place like this? Well, for most of the guys that I talk to and evaluate and interview, usually when guys make a move like this at this point in time in their career, it has to do with the competition level. It's not to say the competition level where they are is not good. Um, It's just that they get guys like themselves, you know, like talent and like-minded guys on the same team playing against competition of their level it's almost like being on the summer circuit, uh, but you're at a high school. So you're playing high level competition. You're playing with high level guys. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, Marcus Smart, he never left uh, the, the Texas High School Association and he did well. Take a look at the top three guys in the draft this year, Matt. Um, Paulo Bancaro, Chet Holmgren, and Jabari Smith. They never left their local high school. So you don't have to leave. It's something that you kind of want to do. Uh, for a purposeful reason, you know, some guys go to think they're going to get more exposure or get ranked. And that's an empty fallacy uh, because you're only going to get ranked and you're only going to be, you know, considered a high level player if you perform that way. So I think in his case, it was just more of the competition level uh, who they play against and maybe, maybe who they play with in in practice, but you know, McKinney big time program. I mean, you you don't have to, you don't have, you don't have to leave there to get more competition, but maybe he wanted more competition on a national stage because they do play an independent schedule. So they can play the Montverds, the Oak Hills, the IMGs of the world. You know, I am curious what you think of uh, Keontae as he gets ready to start his college career at Baylor. It may be quick because he's already being projected as a lottery pick in next year's uh, next year's draft. Isn't it funny, Paul, how these names, most of us, are hearing some of these names, not Keontae, but some of these guys um, for the first time. And you've been knowing about these guys probably for 
several years, but who's the, the, the guy that's projected as the number one overall? Like, it, 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 this almost feels like a Zion-type level, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's really kind of remarkable. Uh, it, it's like as the, before this draft could even happen, they started talking about this next big guy, and it's, uh, it's pretty remarkable. You know who I'm talking about. His name's not coming to mind now, but he's, he's, uh, he's now uh, considered the, uh, the, the number one overall part, uh, pick for sure in next year's draft. Yeah, his name is Victor. I, I can't, his last name escapes me, but he is the young man from Europe uh, with just incredible physical measurables and, and a skill level that, yeah. you know, you think when you think of Giannis, onto Takumbo and you think about, you know, Zion in terms of popularity. Um, but, you know, with all players that have a lot of upside, they still have to produce. I mean, look at Amani Bates. We saw him at a young age. Uh, you know, the people that do this for a living saw him at 14, 15 years old, like I did. Yeah. And in my mind, he was the best, you know, 15 year old that I've seen since LeBron at that time, but he didn't make progress in his game. Uh, some things outside of basketball crept in. Uh, as well and you know he kind of leveled off and flattened out and so uh, you know he wasn't even in the draft this year I don't think he could have been based on his age but he still hasn't picked the school he left Memphis so yes there's a lot of things projected for the future um, and and that young man certainly has to be at the top of the list yeah Victor you were right on it uh, Wimbanyama uh, is the uh, runaway favorite to be that number one overall pick and and that is uh that, hey, all from, I can say, Matt, is Jabari Smith was the number projected number one pick for a long time until the <laughs> end of the race, and then Paulo Bancaro became one. So we can have a lot of fun projecting who's going to be one. It's a year away. Um, a lot of development has to happen, and you got to make sure that you know character flaws don't creep in. But uh, it's an exciting time for Baylor basketball because Keontae George is a bona fide bucket. I mean, he can he can get a shot off just about any time he wants. Uh, he's got long range on his jumper, which, you know, opens up the defense and, and helps driving lines and post play. And he's got a beautiful pull-up game. And when he gets to the basket, you know, he, he's not going to be the most athletic player on the court, but he's got terrific body control to get in there, contort his body, and great concentration uh, to finish it. Good free throw shooter. You know, we use that expression, he's wired to score. You know, that's yeah. what he's looking to do. That's what he's looking to do. He's got to learn what a good shot is because when guys like him, you know, are at the high school level, they, they've got, you know, the ultimate green light. So you have to, he has to make sure that his shot selection falls within the framework of what Baylor is doing. Uh, but certainly a guy you run screening action for, you put the ball in his hands to, you know, create a shot for himself. He can see the floor to find others. I'd like to see his conditioning level get better. Um, he, he needs to get tighter, a little bit more toned. Uh, from the physical conditioning standpoint, I'm assuming that's going to happen over the summer and certainly in the fall. Um, and then you got a guy that you're really got to guard if you're the opponent. Man, I just can't, I cannot wait to see that. You're getting me excited thinking about Keontae uh, George. How, what year was Keontae in school when he first hit your radar? What was the first time you ever saw footage or saw him in person? Yeah, I saw him in person when he was down in Texas. I saw him at an event that escapes me, but as a rising junior. So it was after her soft, after his sophomore season. 
Wow, that's gonna that's gonna be a lot of fun. And, and the other play, the other guy that's uh, starting to gather a lot of steam is uh, Trey Johnson, uh, two thousand twenty four kid out of Lake Highlands. And uh, Paul, this is a guy that's uh, very near and dear because I'm a uh, we're uh, Lake Highlands folks. And man, getting to see him uh, play a lot against Kason Wallace out of uh, out of Richardson. And, and, you know, Richardson obviously had two D1, big-time D1 players. Uh, this this will be, I think he, is he the number two guard right now in y'all's 2024 rankings? I think that's what I've I've seen. But I, I, I kind of get the sense that uh, Paul Baylor, uh, Kansas, I just saw Duke offered him, North Carolina, just within this past week. But this may be one of the, uh, one of the huge names coming down the pike here. Yeah, I had a chance to see him most recently in Louisville at the EYBL. I mean, he just knows how to play and has a good feel to when to get a shot off. One of the best shooters in the class with great size at 6'5". Six, six um, you know, I, I like the way he spots up on, on dribble penetration. I like the way he can take a rhythm dribble or hard dribble right into a shot. And, um, you know, he, he understands spacing. Uh, and he understands that space is his friend as a shooter. Uh, he's got really good shot preparation, shot mechanics, and he's going to be highly recruited. He already is and highly coveted. All right. His dad was at uh, was playing at Baylor when I was there. Uh, so I'm hoping uh, – <laughs> I'm a little biased, Paul. I'm hoping that gives the Bears a little inside track. But uh, they're going to have a lot of competition for him. Uh, talk about Trey Johnson. In fact, Oklahoma State may have been first to the party, if I recall correctly. Uh, he got an early yep. offer from from uh, from uh, Coach Boynton in, in Oklahoma State. Paul, uh, great to catch up he's with top, you. He's top, yeah, he's top four in our class. Wow, my memory serves me. I believe he's you know top four, and I don't know if he's number two. I think he's our our number one shooting guard. I think he's that good. Uh, you go to ESPN.com. You can check his rankings. But he's a five-star recruit. Uh, he's top five in the class right now. And those rankings are fluid. But in my mind, he's, he's the number one shooting guard right now in the class. Wow. All of 2024. Uh, well, listen, you yeah. always have great information. Uh, don't let Frischilla get all the movie star. You know, he, he was he kind of thinned up. I know you were uh, looking pretty svelte last time uh, we talked. And, and uh but, uh, yeah, Fran jumped in that Adam Sandler movie. I felt like uh, I certainly think you belonged in that movie as well. So do not let uh, Fran jump in there and get all the uh, all those uh, movies, okay? Uh, well, he, he, he's, he's the movie star of the group, and uh, he does this <laughs> for ESPN. You, know, you learn so much when Fran talks during a game. So to see him in a movie, uh, that was kind of surreal. And he does an excellent job for ESPN covering the Big 12. Yeah, and it was kind of surreal to see Anthony Edwards get under the skin of uh, of uh, Hernan Gomez. <laughs> that was pretty. That was pretty intense yeah. stuff from a uh, from a trash talking perspective. Paul, thanks for doing this. It's a very busy time, and uh, really appreciate. It. Love all your uh, love your work and. Uh, Man, I, I just hope the, the Bears can keep landing these guys that you're uh, you're talking about. Appreciate you being on with us. All right. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate you. Bye-bye. You, there he goes, Paul Biancardi, the, uh, the, the guru of the ESPN. He knows all that stuff, follows these guys. He sees them from the time they're 
ninth or tenth grade and then follows them and then breaks a lot of the news when they do go on and decide where they're going to end up playing. And uh, there's a the, the one of the big reasons we had Paul on was because Baylor took the McKinney uh, High School kid, Jacoby Walter. In fact, uh, Jacoby committed to the Bears uh, just in the past few days. And we had um, his high school coach on recently as well. So really, really cool stuff.